Hey, how are you? Good. Yeah, I I was all nervous because I was like, this doesn't look good if I don't like have my microphone no, with me, no, and I know fun. audio from like AirPods is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fun. Oh, g'day, how are you going? Have you been well? You've been all right? It's Thursday, 18th of August, 2022, and uh, I'm cutting into the 124 project to talk about the next wild thing we're getting up to. We will get back to episode number 47 at some point down the line, but I figure you've waited six months for the next one, so you can wait a bit longer, I guess. Um, you'll find out once and for all. If I ever did do 100 interviews, we'll finish that one day. But at the moment, yeah, the next big project, live show. This is something I've been shipping away at now for a couple of months. It's been a big idea uh, since before the pandemic began, really. And then we had the pandemic and now um, had this opportunity to, to head to Europe for two weeks and do a couple of shows. So... Uh, where are we going? You might be wondering. We're going everywhere, man. Berlin, Dublin, Bristol, Stockholm, Bern, Ghent, London. And then, of course, uh, we'll do some home shows in Melbourne and we'll finish up in Sydney. It kicks off on August 28th in Berlin. Yeah, if you're interested, if you, list, if you are listening to this, then there is a high chance um, you might know some of the previous work I've done, the documentary work. And uh, it's a documentary done live. There's three different stories. We've got some of the shows have some really cool support acts, local supports, working with a bunch of different community groups in each of those respective cities to pull this thing together. So yeah, I'm in the at the crunch zone of this. Um, head off in about a week or so to get us in the mood. I thought I'd just call up the person who's helping organise the first show, which is Berlin. The name is Jill Baton. And they run this collective called Bear Radio, which I encourage you to go check out the website. The website's great, and you can see some of the work they do as a network, as a production house, as a school. You know, they're, they're cooking on all burners to do some really exciting things with podcasting over there. A big goal with this project is to to meet people and to learn about these different community groups that are running in different cities that are, are passionate about high-quality audio and podcasting and with all that in mind we had a quite a quick lo-fi chat catch up about radio the scene in berlin and uh, i just wanted to share that with you now um jill is actually born in, in america california and i started by asking her to explain a, a bit about her story her, her arc her career how'd she get into all this so here we go Essentially, like, growing up uh, in California with, like, liberal hippie parents, I just listened to NPR all the time <laughs> growing up. Um, <laughs> so, like, any time we were in the car, we were listening to, like, car talk or, like, all things considered. And then I did college radio when I was in college. I worked at Cal Calix at Berkeley. And then after university, I went to New Zealand for a while and I worked at... Um, Radio One in Dunedin in New Zealand 
Um, and then I came to Berlin to do my um, like master's degree here because I wanted to move to Germany. And I, you know, wanted to. Oh, is there That's a baby? My baby yeah. <laughs> Cute. I know I closed the window because there are babies here because there's like a playground. <laughs> they're, right everywhere. they're everywhere. Um, <laughs> they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Um, and then, yeah, so when I came to Berlin, I really saw that there wasn't that much radio happening, at least in English, and there really wasn't any diversity. But what, what um, year was that? And I know, so that was in like 2014. And there wasn't anything happening with podcasting. And it was all really, you know, top down. Um, and I actually did a project. Well, I guess before that, for a year, I worked in Washington, D.C. Um, at NPR uh, as a production assistant for All Things Considered. And then I worked for Deutsche Welle as well. And then, yeah, so when I came back to Berlin, it's a bit of a back and forth. And I graduated from uni, I did a project with um, a bunch of German radio stations that were like trying to make like radio cool again. And essentially, okay. they were like, we really have no interest in innovating because all of our listeners are like in their 60s. And we're mm. fine. And we're paid for by the government. We have no interest in like, you know, having diverse voices. Um, wow. And so I was being very discouraged at the time. And then I was like, well, why don't I just start doing it myself? and like teaching people and making stuff. And I had a Zoom, I knew how to do this. And that's also when Julia came on um, as well. So we started just by, you know, aggregating all of the English language podcasts that we do in the city on a website, Because we were like, well, we want to show that there's a presence. And then we started having meetups and things like this. And then very quickly, people were like, can you help us make stuff? Yeah. And so we yep. started doing workshops. And we started making our own in-house shows and it's kind of grown now into the thing where I think that we fill in where it's needed. Cause there's also like a lot of journalists that are living here, but don't have an outlet because they're, you know, print journalists, but they want to do podcasting and they have really interesting points of view, but there's like, there's nowhere here to like incubate a podcast idea. And there's also like really no money in it, which is something that we're still like working on. Um, but yeah, so in, the, in general, like our goal is to like elevate the caliber of podcasting that's coming out of Germany. We've really been working with a lot of people to help them tell their stories and make them realize that their stories matter. So yeah, sorry, wow, that was a amazing. bit of a long rant. <laughs> no, that was great. That's got the full got the full story. So what year was it that was it around sort of 2016, 17 that the actual collective kicked off? Yeah, so in 2018, on New Year's Day, we launched the website. And I think during that first year, a lot of it was just, you know, outreach, having events, having meetups. And Julia and I started making a podcast. It was just an easy to do improv podcast about Berlin called What's the Mata? Because she also does improv. And so we started producing that. Um, I think also like in the spring of 2018, and I also at that time was invited to go to South by Southwest with Bear Radio, like as one of the, this is just like an indication of like the fact that people here don't understand what podcasting is. Like I got invited as one of the top startups in Berlin to like come and like pitch Bear Radio at South by, but it was literally me and a bunch of like data nerds <laughs> and like people who made apps and like all of this crazy <laughs> stuff and I was like I just want to make podcasts <laughs> so I think here 
people really like don't understand like people don't pay for content and people you know there's no like public funding for content and stuff mm. like this mm. um so we've kind of just been making things on our own yeah okay um i've got so many questions about that i've just got to take a pie out of the oven can you give me one sec <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm gonna open the window because okay. i'm like yeah. burning in here Meet back in no 30 stress. seconds <laughs> yeah Okay. All right. So got it. <laughs> it's out. We're good. So um, there's obviously like the public broadcaster there. So so can you just explain that to me? So there's there's Deutsche Welle. Are they they're like one of the public? Are there more than one public broadcaster? How's it work? Yeah. So there's essentially a bunch of different public broadcasters. Actually, there's a bit of a scandal happening with RBB, which is one of the biggest ones here. So everyone, I don't know if it's the same in Australia, but everyone here pays the radio tax of like 18 euros a month. It's very hard to get out of it. And that goes and pays for the radio and TV that no one watches. <laughs> um, and there was a scandal recently, actually like last week, because one of the heads of RBB, like one of the big radio, public radio stations, it turns out that she was like paying herself out like million euro bonuses and she had like a 600,000 wow. euro remodel of her like office <laughs> and she had her husband on the board and so now there's kind of an Classic. interesting discussion because everyone's like screw this radio tax blah, blah, blah. so we'll see what happens there but yes yeah, so there's there's public broadcasters and there's like commercial broadcasters and the commercial broadcasters are essentially just playing like the Steve Miller band and Bruce Springsteen like out in the middle mm -hmm, of nowhere. Mm -hmm. No hate on Steve Miller Band and Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Love them. But like they have they their just, place. Yeah, they have their place in time. But they there's no focus on like um like news and storytelling. It's all like top forty bangers, um, <clears throat> or classic rock. And when I met with these different like radio station executives for that fellowship that I did, um, they really were just saying, you know. Well, all of our listeners really like what we're playing. And I'm like, well, how do you do the surveys? And they're like, we call landlines. And I'm like, I know no one under 60 with a landline. <laughs> so right. there's your survey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the same with radios. You know, I, I always I, I always ask people when, when we talk about the future of radio as a medium, I always say, how many people do you know who own a radio in their house? Like, isn't that, right? isn't that kind of the end? And I'm not talking about, I, I don't, I think streaming, it's evolving. It's a different thing. But in terms of the radio, we walk over and turn mm -hmm. it on as a medium. Uh, if no one owns one, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think like some of the things like that NPR is doing, like NPR One, the app, like where you can just like play everything from the app itself. I'm like, that's such a good innovation because you're like, meeting listeners where they are by having an app that's really easy to use for people of all ages. But yeah, like essentially these public broadcasters had no interest in innovating. Like, and also in Germany, like there's not this like legacy of storytelling with radio. So essentially most of the Germans that I know when I've like asked them, they're like, well, you know, I don't really listen to the radio and pay attention. It's more of a passive thing. You don't tune in to people. There's no like radio celebrities. There's no show that you care about enough to like mm. follow. Mm. Unlike 
how I grew up where like, you know, we always tuned in on Saturdays to listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. So it's kind of a a different way of radio listening. And so I think there's still this kind of shift happening where people are like, why would I tune into a podcast? You know, it's still like, it's a jump for them. But I think that people are, you know, getting more and more on board in Germany. And from what I've also seen, like, this isn't just Germany, it's all of Europe, Um, except for honestly, like the UK, Ireland, Scotland. It's hard for us, though, not to be nostalgic. You know, like, I'm like you sort of grew up and worked pre-podcast era. And so you've sort of seen to see that transition. There's people coming in now. I saw some stat the other day that most people working in podcasts have only been listening to podcasts for less than two years. There's some stat like that. And you go, oh, of course, that sort of makes sense. Yeah. Um, but they don't have any of the baggage or nostalgia of radio. They don't care. They don't care. They just they just come to because they like they like the the medium and the craft of podcasting. And so yeah, it's, it's such an interesting yeah. time. And also, like, with our workshops and our meetups, it's always so interesting because there's always, like, some people who are, like, you know, all of our curriculum really focuses on, like, building your story, like, building out your content, like, making something that lasts. But their first question is, like, how do I make money? And I'm like, babe, (laughs) you are in the wrong industry. Yeah, yeah. if you want to make money, (laughs) you need to go somewhere else. Pretty much. So we always like have to be very honest with people and be like, you know, if you want to get into podcasting you or like creating content, it's like any content creator, you need to like have good content and have that be like the core of what you're doing. Like that comes first before any money, unless you're very lucky. But mm. yeah. Yeah. And well, the problem is, is people who are early adopters who just happen to have a format that really suited the medium or some people who just sort of win the lottery, win the content lottery, and they land on the right thing at the right time, and th- that definitely happens. But then, but then they skew it for the rest of us. So, so then we sort of start judging. Don't compare it against that. That show's been around four years. Or we get, I find myself in those situations where, I mean, we were just talking about the nuance between radio and podcasting. The nuance within podcasting itself is crazy and the different different genres and the different strategies and i just feel like yeah not definitely when when um yeah i've seen a lot of chats um where that nuance isn't acknowledged i think also the main thing that we have to like talk to our students about is like expectation management because you know we love doing podcasting and we don't want people to get discouraged if like you know you worked a whole month on an episode on your first episode no one listens to it or only five people listen to it i'm like these people that you know have teams of 15 to 20 people like you're not going to be making like something from gimlet or the daily tomorrow but like you can still start incorporating like storytelling elements you can start incorporating soundscapes like there's ways to build up and practice like the craft of it and make it so that it's not you know so so imposing and intimidating to you and it doesn't take you forever and you get discouraged. We just want people to have the tools to keep going mm. and enjoy the process rather yeah. than like focusing on the end result of having like a huge mm. audience. Yeah, yeah, oh, totally. Being process driven as opposed to outcome driven. Yes. With this sort of these artistic endeavors, I think it's really important that's something I've had to learn over the years. And that and that things take time. Like I think that's the other thing is, you know, it's really easy to release a weekly podcast. That's just you and a friend chatting on Zoom. But it's a whole other thing to like, give yourself time to build out like a six episode season of something that's like, 
you know, really got a lot of elements and storytelling elements going on. So we try to tell people like make find something that works for you and try to experiment with things and have fun with it. Mm. So is Bear Radio the collective? Like how, how do you how would you describe that? Like you've got a couple of prongs here, community driven thing, you've got the teaching, you've got the consulting, and then you've got the making. Is that roughly the anything I missed? Yeah. So we kind of have, um, it's, yeah, like you said, three pronged, we have the school, the educational element, we have the like production house where we make our own podcasts and we also produce for clients. And then we kind of have the community and the labels. So we work with podcasts in the, in the, oh, the label. community. And we also have some international podcasts that are like partner podcasts. So we, you know, are another platform of distribution for Busy Being Black, which is out of the UK, or Stories from the Eastern West, which is out of Poland, or Brussels Sprouts, which is out of Washington via Brussels. They interview a lot of people all over Europe. Um, but our goal, I think, and Julie and I actually talked about this yesterday, was to feature more um, different, like podcasts from different languages, like just on the website. Because I think on the website, it's kind of just our personal curation of things that we like and we don't have any like income or anything from advertising because in Germany it's not really a thing yet and most of our income comes from workshops and doing consulting and production for companies and in our spare time Julie and I do um in-house podcasts um which we've made a few of and we're always like yeah (laughs) in whatever spare time we have (laughs) yep 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 (laughs) Um, so the one that we're doing now is Ursa, which is just once a month, that one that I told you about. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, and, and with the label, I'm interested in, in the label, like do you, what sort of model is that? What do you, what are the advantages that each party gets out of that sort of collaboration? Yeah. So I think like for the label aspect of it for now, and since it's begun, it's really just been more of a community based thing. So um, there's like no monetary exchange. We're an extra platform of distribution for those people. We, in- we do interviews with them as well. Like we've been interviewing all of our like partner podcasts. We also like update everything on our website and yep. talk about it on social right, media okay. as well. Like, yep. trailer you know, swaps? we don't have the biggest following, but it helps. Do you do trailer swaps? Sorry? Trailer swaps and things like that? Doing that yet? Or? We've done that in the past. Um, and yeah, like promo swaps, trailer swaps, having people interview each other. But I think at the end of the day, it's kind of like we're trying to figure out that aspect because sometimes it's a bit like herding cats because mm-hmm. people are already so like bogged down with the work of their own podcast. So really, that's just us like giving back to the community and trying to get visibility for other podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mostly what we get out of it is just showing that there's a presence and that that there are podcasts out there. Yeah, for sure. And there's, you know, like a stronger podcast community helps you, helps everyone, helps you guys as well as be the sort of the dot joiners there. Yeah, and like all of our clients mostly have come through word of mouth, so which has been very good and it's all through our community. Or like if someone has a podcast and a company reaches out to them being like, hey, we want to make a podcast. And they're like, well, I don't know how to teach or really do this. I have my own thing. Here's Jill and Julia. They can help. Yeah, definitely. So with the um, with the gig, this is the first first show of the tour. Yeah, um, I've got a, a couple of, couple of locals coming, but not uh, not a million. Um, so yeah, really hoping we can yeah. 
flex that community muscle, but any any turnout is obviously going to be great. But in terms of a live event that you guys have done before, like, can you give me a sense of the vibe and the people and yeah, what's it what's it like? Oh yeah, it's well. I also think it's good that it's going to be like earlier in the evening on a Sunday. Like, I think that people then are still like they have the energy, they're pumped up. Like, I mean, we just had in Berlin the other iteration of Podfest. I saw so. that. Yeah. Yeah, and so Julia, I was in California at the time, but Julia did a live show and she did a workshop there. And we also did a live show and a workshop at the last one. And anytime we've had a live show or a meetup, it's just like, it's buzzing. And this is why we're so sad during Corona, because we were like, we really, you know, get a lot of feedback and energy and we find it so rewarding to do these like live events and meetups because you can actually like see the community. And, and yeah, like people are just really excited. and you know high energy and it's summer in berlin and people are living their best lives so i think it's a good vibe yeah fantastic well super excited looking forward to to meeting some people yeah thanks again for having me of course we're really excited and i think we haven't done a live show since the festival so we're looking forward where do you know where you're staying in berlin yes i can tell you i can tell you exactly where at the sunflower hostel Oh, okay. I know where this is. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole area, you're right by Bergheim. So good luck <laughs> sleeping. Oh, really? You What's... know Bergheim? No, no. What is that? I mean, this is why the room was so oh. cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Bergheim is like the most famous club in Europe. It's like the biggest techno club that started in the 90s. Oh. Um, and it's like in a huge industrial, like old, like light factory or something. And I wouldn't recommend trying to go to Berlin. Okay, all right. If you're I'll, looking for a chill time in Berlin. I'll, I'll rule it off the after-party list. But Jill, yeah, great to great to catch up. Thank you for your time. Yeah, have fun with your pie that came out of the oven and we'll be in touch. Yeah, I'm going to go eat that pie now. See you in a week. Bye. Big thanks to Jill for the chat. Encourage you to check out Bear Radio. They're on Instagram, Twitter. They've got a website. Link to that in the description. There's also a link to come along to live show. Register or buy a ticket. 28th of August. It all kicks off, which is a Sunday evening early. Come down, have a drink. Some of these shows are quite intimate. So I encourage you to sign up, grab a ticket now while you can. And uh, should be a good time. Look forward to catching you then. Bye.